0: The World Series could, well, it will officially end this week at some point, which means the last week of Major League Baseball for 2023, which means the Guardians should have a manager by the end of the week and we'll have 40 man roster decisions to debate. Could we be any more excited to do that? And we will be there for you like we've always been there. This is Locked on Guardians.
1: You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcast remember that we have your team covered every day. And it may seem like, you know, every day is a lot. But uh, we are there this postseason, as Justin just stated. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com to get started. Uh, let's get started with this show. Should we start with manager chatter? Sure.
0: We can start with manager Tanner. (laughs) I can't even talk. uh, More Tanners.
1: Do we have any Tanners on the manager? We have
0: have some Tanners. So we have a Tanner to talk about uh, for sure. Uh, What new friends are we going to get in the dugout this year for the Cleveland Guardians? Uh, Craig Council set to interview this week with the Guardians. (laughs) We'll see how that turns out. Um, They at least got permission and he's going to interview I still think I think most people seem to think that they're going to name a manager within the week here and we'll see how long it, it takes to get there. But the uh, council at least is in the running now, or at least they have a shot to talk to him and see where that goes. I saw a couple articles over the weekend talking about uh, Terry Francona was paid. I the think highest four and paid and half manager million. in baseball. Yeah. Four and a half. I saw an article disputing that. I think Dave Roberts was potentially paid more, but either way at four
1: and a half million I, what was it Bob Nightingale and then was confirmed by Terry Pluto confirmed it. I think I saw and someone else confirmed it so that he was the highest paid. Hmm. Well, either way he's paid. Yeah. Paid very well.
0: Let's we'll see if he can, they can pay Craig council more than what the Mets want, or maybe they don't want to go in that direction, but here's the candidates we know at this point, we know Craig if, council's can I interview real
1: quickly interrupt you. Um, just want to make one, point on that before i lose it um when we and i lost it so never mind you go and i'll see if i can gain it back i knew it was there and then it slipped away that was a worthwhile interruption thank you uh craig council interviewing this week and then
0: we know craig albernaz is interviewed we know carlos mendoza has interviewed uh we know that john mcdonald has interviewed chris falaka clayton mccullough Stephen vote and andy green so those are the candidates Right now, I think it's it's definitely count, any of these guys. Council, <laughs> McCullough, and Vo. I, I think that's the three. I, I, maybe Green. I think Green's in the fourth. Yeah, I can I, see the fourth. Those are the four to me.
1: And then, uh, I finally remember my point. If you were curious, like, wait, his contract is up. Why do they have to get permission to interview him? Why is this taking a it's little while? It, it's not up till the season's over. So that that's why that's particular situation is occurring i had someone ask me why can't they why do they have to ask permission it's like well that's why technically he's still under contract
0: yeah the fact they're letting him do that i mean i don't know i got, i'm not really sure why because i think milwaukee definitely wants to retain him and i would too if i was milwaukee but
1: unless the they don't want to pay letting... him he's another high paid one
0: yeah i don't know what direction they want to go in next year i mean it definitely seems like milwaukee still would like to have him back I don't know. I mean, if 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 Cleveland is willing to pay him anywhere near what they were willing to pay Terry Francona. And then if David Stearns is dead set on reuniting with Craig Council in New York, I don't think it'll be hard to convince Steve Cohen. I mean, Steve Cohen went out of his way to make sure that he was going to get David Stearns. I mean, David Stearns stepped down from the as the as the GM of the Brewers to become a consultant so he can get the soft out in his contract to bide his time until he could officially go work for the Mets because that was who Steve Cohen wanted all along. And I don't think Steve Cohen Steve Cohen is putting any price that's too much to hire a manager if David Stearns tells him Craig Council's the guy we absolutely want, then I'm sure there won't be any fight about it. But we don't know if Council's chasing money. Like you've mentioned before, his son is playing high school ball in Milwaukee or in No, he Wisconsin. graduated. He,
1: he's, he did he's graduate. Not- Yes, he's a freshman in Michigan. Both of his sons have moved on. Again, I just can't help but feel like this. All of this talk about, hey, Cleveland pays managers a ton. Like the talk isn't always... stocking horse. Yeah, it's it's not about if this is a good fit. All these articles are about, hey, Cleveland will pay a manager. This feels like a manager pushing to make sure that, like, if Council goes to New York, he is the highest paid manager in the game by a significant margin. That's what this strikes me as more than anything else.
0: You know what's funny about that? Not not that we haven't said that the Cleveland shouldn't spend more on their p- payroll manager salaries. I don't necessarily know how, how they reflect that, but we you know we get a lot of comments saying, well, and I've seen a lot of comments saying, well, they'll just if they if they hire McCullough, or if they hire Vote, who would be his first job, a second job in the majors uh, on the bench somewhere. Oh, we'll just hire whoever's whoever's cheap. Not really, because they paid Terry Francona $4.5 so suggests they're willing to pay for someone they feel is worth it. So I would guess they'd be willing. If they really feel Craig Council is is worth is the guy they want to bring bring into the organization, then I'm sure they'll pay him whatever they can. I don't know if they'll pay him as much. I I don't know if they'll make him the highest paid manager in baseball like Terry Francona was, but I don't think money is necessarily going to be an issue, but and there is a point where, again, like I said, if if the Mets decide if if David Stearns goes to Steve Cohen and says this is our guy, then yeah, then Cohen Cohen's not going to let money stand in the way either. But like I said, we don't know if Council is chasing the money. There's only so much money you can. I mean, at some point, it's five. five I mean, I know you know for the rest of us who don't make this kind of money, it's it is consequential, but. For guys who like Craig Council, money will be inconsequential because five million. Let's just you know put funny money on five million from the Guardian, seven million from New York. There's taxes. There's comfort. There's the pressure of New
1: York. There's you know. And can we I- also state too that like I know I can already see our comments. Like I, sorry, my psychic is 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 you know my psychic <laughs> premonitions are just filling my head. Uh, guess what? Even if you got a cheaper manager. It's probably going to still be over a million dollars, so it's like it's not. Oh, you know, uh save that three million and spend it. Out. What 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 does three million get you? It doesn't get you anything. So on a player, nothing. Like, nothing. Like that's the 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 general upgrade on that is not much. So it's a backup catcher. Yeah, if that. Um, I, you know, I that's why I just wanted to jump in there and be like, hey, stop your stop your typing. That's not. Oh, and you know, it, yeah, that's not the route to savings it's not neither is letting go of 20 front
0: office workers either could who make a combined one and a half million dollars that you're not going to yeah. spend on a reliever even and you
1: know you could save all that so, money and though if you retry. did fire those 20 staffers and cheap out on the manager maybe you're 80 percent of the way to ronaldo lopez so ask not yourself to a hitter what, but to yeah
0: to ronaldo lopez that's that's what you get which we both want ronaldo lopez back i think but
1: uh <laughs> i don't think you're Who's gonna uh... have i mean that I know it just is as, as a reliever the impact between paying a reliever and having a solid manager is definitely i bet the man the is gonna have more impact so just throw that out there as well
0: especially a free agent reliever at that when you don't know where things are going for the, the rest of the year because free agent relief help is always a very volatile game anyway not the point we're trying to make the other thing'm i'm, I'm kind of curious about too is we haven't talked about this yet which coaches we'd like to see come back next year. And we've, we've mentioned like, it's probably more likely that if they hire someone like vote or green or McCullough, that they'd be open to retaining some continuity on the staff, depending on who that is, you know, Alomar or Willis or whatever. But if it's Craig council, you're probably going and saying hire whoever you want. You do your thing. Like, you know, Sandy Omar either is, or isn't the first base coach, but he'll be doing something else. If he's not, So and and that's part of why they interviewed John McDonald. That's part of why they interviewed Mendoza and Albernez to see whether or not they could be, they are interested in them as part of the coaching staff.
1: And before we go to break, I just want to throw one thing in quickly. Uh, One of these things I always like to do is go and look at how fan bases react to or the importance of coaches, like how they are viewed in lights, like if you were a Padres fan, you had to fail great when Ruben Niebla got hired away. Cause we were all complaining going through. A lot of these coaches don't inspire a ton, but the one guy that a fan base really is afraid to lose is McCullough. So that kind of moved him up on my list a little. He might be my number one candidate right now. Cause, and it's also looking at what play, I mean, players give him credit for improving them as hitters, for, as fielders, fielders and transitioning uh, base running, moving to new roles. Like he gets credit across the board. So I'm kind of, I'm, you know, just going through and throwing that small bit, I think that's something interesting to always look at.
0: I also saw a quote that uh, said Mookie, Bet- Mookie Betts had said that Craig or that um, Clayton McCullough was his favorite manager as well. So if the Guardians hire Clayton McCullough, they're getting Mookie Betts. They're getting Mookie Betts. You heard it here first. We'll see if FanDuel will put any odds on that. <laughs> I don't know if FanDuel have any odds on that, but right now, uh, new customers can get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. Score early access this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy and easy to use. Wide range of betting options: spreads on games, player props, over/unders, more. Uh, hopefully, you definitely took the over on. Brown Seahawks. I think that's what that ended up being. I I watched some of the game, but I couldn't tell you the over-under. I think it was, uh, I definitely was, no, it was the under. It was for for sure the over. Anyway, visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Only so many times, more times I get to tell you this, but uh, Sirius XM has all the World Series action up until possibly Saturday is Game 7. Um, no matter how many games it goes, you can get all the action by listening to the World Series on your SiriusXM app. I listened to some of it um, Friday night. It was very easy to find on my app, I have to say. So you should continue to listen to the action. It's going to be an interesting series. That's It's already been a very compelling series. For all the people who have kept saying, uh, oh, this is a series nobody wants, and this is boring, and... Uh nobody else with the Diamondbacks really have outside of maybe Corbin Carroll. It's been a good series so far, I will say that. And the Diamondbacks are essentially doing what the Cleveland tried to do last year, although
1: they are. I mean, they, and didn't, they're have, still not,
0: they didn't have Corbin Carroll.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had Jose Ramirez, right? And they're That's still, enough, yeah. You know, it, it, just going through this postseason. I mean, Merrill Kelly is there's a fantastic story over on The Athletic uh about him and former guardians draft pick a guy who went undrafted in the roll five and that's why i went to korea um probably the most successful pitcher we've seen come uh across the ocean in the last five oh. years i
0: wasn't sure you were going at that i was going to say no. you know was in but you're right He didn't go across no
1: the ocean. no well i mean nobody took him he was completely every team what miles, ever in the role five draft.
0: what about miles michaelis
1: Oh, no, that's a it's a good call as well. I mean, Merrill Kelly these past two years has been really, really good. He has been one of the most underrated uh, pitchers. Mike Moust had a good run for a little. Bit. And he he did, and he had a really strong year this year. But I think I'd still take Merrill Kelly. Is all I'm saying. But fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're getting, and that's the thing. Like they don't even have Cleveland's pitching at the start, and they really don't. You, you give him credit. They have like, a couple
0: of relievers too. That's about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a a weak, weaker pen, and you know that they went out and made that trade for you know, Moreno, they gave up, uh, Dalton love Varsho work, right? yeah. who a lot of people, I mean, I probably even myself, I love probably Dal- go back Murray, and yeah. hear me and it took Moreno a while to get started and they gave him that opportunity. And I think he had the only home run for them in the game yesterday. Uh, it's a fun team. I, I won't spend too much time, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun team going on there. Yeah.
0: Well, since you mentioned rule five debates, the, Soon as the World Series is over, everyone will start having these kind of discussions. We'll have more of them too, but we'll start today. The rule five, the rule five draft is December sixth, which I'm, mean, you know, if you know me or if you know Jeff, I think we we both love the rule five draft. It's a lot of fun. And the 40 man deadline is November 14th, which teams will start thinking about immediately as the World Series is over, because you've got options and non-tender deadlines all coming to a head. Um, I've got an article dropping tomorrow talking about all the Rule 5 stuff. You can check that out. So, real quick rundown. There's a bunch of guys who are eligible for the first time, and one of those guys is obviously Daniel Tanner Spino. Burns. Oh. Tanner uh, Burns. Also, we probably should recap real quickly that Cleveland's roster right now is at 38. Um, they do need to well, – well, I'm sorry. Right now it's technically at 40. Cole Calhoun, Lucas Giolito, and Ronaldo Lopez will come off the 40. That will get them down to 38. They will um, have to re-add Tanner Bybee from the 60-day injured list because there's no injured list in the offseason. That'll put him back at 39. Um, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. They're
1: at, 40. At
0: they're, they're at 40 yeah. now. They'll get rid of three players. I'm sorry, Cole Calhoun. So they'll be at 37. They'll get back to 38 with Bybee. Yes. Um, I think, I think common sense would tell you, I hope, I hope that that cam Gallagher is not, isn't
1: going yeah, to, cause it. he would make over a million dollars if they tender him.
0: Oh, okay. So that would get you to 37, which gives you three spots to add Daniel Spino. I don't know how much time we need to really spend on this. Like Daniel Spino is being added even though he sure? pitch a until sure? like
1: May He's... If earliest. I, th- I thought he was done for forever.
0: Yes, of course. It's he's, yeah.
1: He's you just might as well give up on him. That's what I, I saw so much of when he got hurt.
0: Yeah, it's it's over. Cleveland can't develop. The pitching pipeline is dead, yeah. and they're not going to let somebody else uh, put Daniel Espino on the IL for several day, several months, and then while move into their bullpen
1: and, and him turn yeah, into take advantage. yeah. There, <laughs> so there's a happened. world where he becomes the best relie- reliever in baseball. Like that is within the realm yeah. of possibility. As soon as this year, possible 2024, yeah. even. <laughs> So that's a, that's a no doubter.
0: There's a bunch of other relievers on the list. Like there's guys you can think about in terms of – we've talked about in the past. Like Nick Enright's going to be Rule 5 eligible again because he came back last year. You have – I don't know, Mason Hickman, Nick Nikolovchak. All uh, those guys Tanner are – Yeah, Tanner okay. Burns, who is I, – I don't know if he's a reliever now permanently, but he finished the year in the bullpen last year. No. But he's not being protected. They're not protecting Tanner Burns, even though he's a former first-round pick. That might get him selected in the Rule 5 draft, maybe. That is something to think about, but I don't see...
1: Cleveland doesn't have the room to protect him. They don't. And like, Okay, so the one guy, they lost Nick Enright last year, and he might have stuck, if not, for cancer. Like, Let's just put that out there. This whole year for him was lost due to his cancer diagnosis and trying to get back from that. It was an amazing year on any level, because he beat cancer and came back, so all the props to him. I don't think he comes back if that doesn't happen. The other guy, Kevin Kelly, had a weird like he's a different pitcher and I think they had a hard time quantifying his breakout. Like he has, you know, he had big spin data and some other stuff um, but he's one of those guys that probably lost just because there was no 2020 season for the most part. You know, I don't know how much you want to take the guys who are failing to develop in Cleveland, like a Tanner Burns, because do you really feel more comfortable with that guy who was a first rounder finding another level outside of Cleveland? Doesn't that, doesn't their pitching pipeline kind of play in their favor with the rule five in a weird way?
0: It does. But I mean, anybody who had interest in Tanner Burns back then and thinks that they can take it. If you need pitching, if you think that this is a guy who had a lot of arm talent in college and we need someone in like that here. I, I mean, I would take him. I would definitely do that. But. Everybody else has scouts, everybody else has data. The one thing I will say too, I, I don't know how, how much they, you know, you keep, you can't find on your own from just uh, bringing, bringing anything to the stadium, but I believe Cleveland is one of the teams that doesn't share data. Like there's, they don't. remember, remember in 2020, there was that whole agreement to share data or not. You and if you didn't share data, and they opted out, you couldn't get data from other teams, they opted out, and I'm pretty sure they're not one of the teams that shares data with other teams either. So no. their data is so proprietary. So uh, all the teams have is like, so mo- there are radar guns out there now and other people bring their own Rapsodos to ballparks and track men, whatever that is, Hawkeye. So I, uh, cause I see this all the time in Lake County. When I, when I cover games in Lake County teams with opposing scouts, there, the radar guns either have spin rates on them now, or they have, data. So they have a tracker set up in the, in the ballpark, whether it's their own Soda or their own Hawkeye or Trackman, whatever they're using. So they can collect their own data that way. Uh, it's a little harder to do with that at ball data, obviously, because that takes a lot more. Um, but they have spin rate data on, on Tanner Burns, and I'm sure it's not good. you the know, Cleveland move, move them to the bullpen for a reason. Other teams have scouts. They can see what it looked like, too, and I don't know if, unless they clearly see something they could fix. Because, look, this was a guy who was throwing, what, 95, 96 at, at Auburn, and he has he never maintained
1: it. Yeah, he. but that was the thing. Like yeah. He had arm issues. He could never maintain it. It was not, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I say, you know, we have so many players to potentially talk about. Uh, do we just Including want to another take, reliever. Our, take our break and come back and talk about the reliever you and I both think is a must-add?
0: I don't know if I say must-add, but
1: I do think they will add. Pretty close to a must-add, right?
0: We'll if you don't out. take
1: him, he's probably gone. We'll find out.
0: Before we do that, make sure you are listening to Game Three of the World Series on your SiriusXM app. That'll be tonight. They are in Arizona. I think uh, I saw Randy Johnson is throwing out a first pitch. Luis Gonzalez is throwing out a first pitch, and somebody else. I can't remember who that person was was throwing doing something for somebody in Arizona, lore of sorts. Hopefully, Randy Johnson doesn't hit a bird with his first pitch. But I speaking. Him and uh, speaking Will Brandon should be in a club. We should, like, form the... That's true. They they could start their own club. Speaking of which, I did see some some interesting costumes circulating on social media over the weekend for Halloween. There was somebody who went as uh, Randy Johnson and the bird that he killed. I don't know how many years... 2001 was the year it happened in spring training uh, with the ball. So that was a very creative Halloween costume. Fitting that the Diamondbacks are back in the World Series. I would assume those people were probably Diamondbacks fans. Anyway, so the reliever we were talking about before was Cade Smith, who was a 2020 undrafted free agent who probably would have been drafted in a, in a normal draft. Um, Only least five rounds that year. Yeah. He pitched at Hawaii, uh, is from Canada, pitched for Team Canada, WBC this past year. A lot of interesting data. Guy who gets up to 98, has a splitter. He's he's a lot like Trevor Stephan, if you ask me. I think the splitter is new for, new-ish for for him. He's got a slider. He throws hard. He's got a kind of a funky hmm. arm angle.
1: It is interesting to compare him because you go back and look at that 2020 draft class with a Tanner Burns, with Mason Hickman. And I thought Hickman was going to be the key to that draft, if I'm being honest, because he was the guy who was successful, that if they could unlock more, it could be something. But he is more valuable than pretty much any pitcher not named Logan Allen they drafted that year, right?
0: I would say he's more valuable than anybody they drafted that year outside of Logan Allen.
1: Over Petey Halpin? Wasn't that the helping draft, or helping the year before?
0: That was that was the helping draft. But at this point, I'm going with Smith. Mm. He's right. At this point, he is the more pro adjacent or the major league adjacent prospect for me right now.
1: You're gonna have but people I, I, coming I, at you, and you mentioned well, they
0: yeah they will. So I do agree with you. I think Smith probably gets taken in the draft. So I guess that I guess I'm agreeing with you that he is a must add because I don't want to lose him in the draft either. I just I don't know. He's a pro, like I have Espino as obviously like. Slam dunk 100%. And I think yeah. Smith is like 90%, which I don't, is there really a difference? I don't know. I think he's probably getting, he's getting added and he should, because at the very least, he's interesting. And you need more guys to ride the I 71 shuttle next year in the bullpen uh, before you consider adding like Franco Alamon and if, if Andrew Walters forces the issue. But
1: he is a, yeah,
0: a major league relief prospect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he could be. Uh, Listen, he's probably, in my opinion, the third best relief prospect in the minors. Um, and they've got some really interesting ones. But I think he could help this team. Yeah, he w- and I think he will help this team as soon as next
0: year. I do think he will help this team. He's got to work on some control issues. That's, a, that's about it. The other names we probably should throw out there pitching-wise before we move on to the position players, because we do have one we'll probably debate. I mean, they're okay. So there's Nick Mikalajic and Andrew Misiazak, guys who were both very that's close the to being 40-man ads last year or two years ago, both have been hurt. And those are guys that other teams could take advantage of in the draft by ILing them when they get there and, and playing service or playing those roster manipulation games. Um because Mikolajak was essentially, you know, kind of Cade Smith two years ago. He had a great
1: year. Even better, better I would say. I mean he was even the better. Guy- he was
0: he was I mean, their best relief you prospect. go back yeah. two
1: years ago and he was a no doubt he's going to get added to the yeah. 40 man. He's that good. And then he just kind of came on. Un- on uh, Tommy last year, well, he didn't he pitch was, well last. He was year. hurt last. He
0: was hurt last year. He had Tommy
1: John he didn't pitch. Wasn't the Tommy John like in the off season? No, he didn't pitch last year. Okay, so the year before that, he came. He had one bad yes. year, and then he had the injury, and correct. So
0: they both had. They both him and Missy Ozick both had elbow surgeries. They both didn't pitch last season after spring training. Uh, so other teams could take advantage of that. The only thing I could see is if Cleveland is looking at them while they're <laughs> rehabbing and working down at Arizona, if they see something in their, re- their rehab and their the recovery that they really like, they could add them, but I don't see it being likely. The other name is e- Ethan Hankins. I know people are going to break up Ethan Hankins, former first-round pick. He was actually eligible last year for the Rule 5 draft went unselected, and that's because he didn't pitch in 2020 like nobody did in the minors. He didn't pitch in 2021 because of Tommy John. Image of 2022 because Tommy John and he threw some good innings this year. Um, but the, the thing is, look, he's, he missed, he missed three whole years basically of development. He hasn't been above high A yet. I'm not saying the stuff isn't still there. Like you can see flashes of it. He just needs reps, but that makes it very hard for a team to select him in the rule five draft knowing he needs reps to develop because you're not going to get that in the bullpen. Yeah. You could hide him for 90 days and set him down and see what happens. But if you hide him for 90 days, somehow in the bullpen, when he's not getting reps, you're wasting more time in his career because he's going to be 24 next year. He's already missed three years. So what are you really doing with him? If you're hiding him and putting him back in the minors, you're wasting more time. And you're just hoping by what age 25, he's valuable to you. Who knows what's going to happen in two years. So I think it's very unlikely he gets selected. Um in the major league portion. I'm not gonna get in the minor league portion because we're just confused with a bunch of people listening about that, but uh, we could explain it eventually. <laughs> I don't even know if I can explain it fully if I was being honest. Um, I can a little, but it's it's very vague. It's per intentionally, it's intentionally okay.
1: vague. the, the <laughs> big the big name with hitters is Jonathan Rodriguez. He I think he ended up winning the triple crown for the Guardians minor league production. He, he did. did a lot of things across the board. Uh, two good years This is a guy who was one of the youngest players in his draft class was a 17 year old when he drafted. It's taken him a while. There are some big red flags in his production. He does have a lot of similarities with Oscar Gonzalez. Um, I am all for protecting him. Uh, if it comes down to needing to open a spot, then I, I think the ceiling is higher for him than with Oscar. So I'm moving on in that regard, which is now going to get me comments in my, uh, my my uh, Twitter feed Can't but, imagine where uh, But for me It's he is the third guy and I would Strongly consider adding him I mean also let's be honest like I have No problems letting go of Cam Gallagher To open a spot and 99 to open a spot to me those are two guys I don't I would cut right away and bring Those two in and then you could still hold on to Oscar If you wanted to give him another offseason I would do that honestly before I let go of Oscar but um, But he is him, and personally for me, I have to add four because I think Diane Frias is someone that has a chance to get selected just because he could play anywhere. He's a plus defender, and there are a lot of people who are big-time fans of his.
0: I I agree with you on that Oscar and Rodriguez are redundant, so if you add Rodriguez, there's no point in keeping Oscar. You don't need both, and if. <laughs> Rodriguez is in the exact same situation that Gonzalez was in a couple of years ago, right? Gonzalez, if they didn't add him was going to become a minor league free agent and they didn't add him, which I didn't think they were going to add him. And instead they re signed him to a minor league deal and, and an invite to spring training, which means all 29 teams out there could have had Oscar Gonzalez if they would have just offered him a major league contract. They didn't. And Rodriguez is the same thing. He'll be a minor league free agent at the, at the end of the year or at, when this, when the World Series is over. If Cleveland doesn't add him to the 40-man roster, they could easily just offer him a contract and invite him to train training the next year, the way they did with, with, with Rodriguez. I, I'm fine with adding him because you might as well see if he can be a solution to right field it's on some level unless you upgrade. Like, unless you find a more permanent slash, I don't know, competent slash hopeful solution in right field. I'm all for adding him because you could even add him now. And then over the off season, acquire a right field or, or, or make a decision on somebody else in right field and say, okay, we don't need Rodriguez anymore. We can do whatever with him at this point. Um, I'm fine with doing that just to be safe at this point, to give yourself the option. I don't know if I, like I said, but having him, you're right. Having him both Oscar is redundant. The free ass thing I'm on the fence about because he hasn't played above high a it's, it's, it's so unlike position players to get selected at below double a, like you just don't see it that often. It's hard for them to stick. I know he can play the infield. I don't, I don't think he can play shortstop though. Here's the thing. He plays a good third base. He plays a good second He didn't play a lot of shortstop this year. I don't know if that was by design, if that's because they had their guys they felt could play short, but he didn't play a lot of short. And I don't know if he can play short. I think if you're taking him in the rule five draft, you have to be confident he can, because you can't hide a guy like that on your bench for 90 days. If he can't cover short, If he can only cover second and third. You can't hide a guy like that. And we don't know if the walk rate's going to translate because they're so hard to tell. I don't, I'm not confident it can right now because he hasn't faced double a pitching. I like the pop from the left side. There's things I like about Frias. I'm not saying I don't like him. I just don't think there's a big enough risk there for me to worry about it. So I'm not protecting him, especially not when your 40-man your roster is just loaded with, with uh, other infielders. So it's the same thing as Gonzalez. If you're going to add Dian Frias, you have to remove one of your infielders, whether that's Freeman or Martinez or Brokio or Taina. You have to move them somewhere if you want to make room for Frias. You cannot protect all of them.
1: And then Lava Stita is someone else. If they don't add him, he'll hit free agency. And personally, I would strongly consider adding him as well. Uh, he had a nice bounce back year. And I think, you know, his athleticism is kind of rare for that position. And I would much rather have him than say, uh, than Cam Gallagher.
0: Well, that's a no brain. I'd rather have you catching than Cam Gallagher, Jeff. I mean, no, you okay. no, I'd rather I have you, I'd rather have you hitting than Cam Gallagher. Maybe not catching, No, but no, hitting.
1: I, no, would. No, I would, I no. would.
0: Um, I know, I'm kidding.
1: I mean, I can Look, maybe lean in and try to take some, but that's
0: yeah. The that's thing about Lavista for me is David Fry and uh, and Bo Naylor are going to be the only catchers on your roster going into the winter. And David Fry really works best when he is allowed to play first or whatever else, and he's the emergency catcher because then he gives you more utility. So yes, they do need a third catcher uh, on the 40 man roster. That could be Lavista. I'm not against that. Real quickly, before we get out of here, some of the names to at least remember. Jose Devers is a name to remember. Juan ben is a name to remember. Wilfredo Antunez is a name to remember. We can discuss all these guys tomorrow uh, if there is an interest in that. And if not, we can move on.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's some guys here. Make sure you comment below and let us know who you would like us to talk about. If there's someone you not talk about or someone you'd like more time on. We appreciate all of you. Remember to do your part. Be an everydayer. And go, go, Guardians Go.